Aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Let's cook, 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 cook. Let's cook. Let's eat. Let's eat. 3CR 855am digital 3cr.org.au and on demand. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. If you're listening on a Sunday, it's, of course, thanks very much to the crew from Out of the Blue, diving deep for the marine news, as they always do, every Sunday from 11.30 till noon. Um, 3CR, including, of course, Out of the Pan, proudly broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to Elders past and present, and also acknowledging our LGBTI plus Indigenous Elders, including sister girls and brother boys, for their unique contributions to diversity on and around our land. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Out of the pan 855 at gmail.com. Text 61401 078981. Look for me or Out of the Pan on Facebook or tweet at Sal Gold said so. And that's the bottom line. And welcome to people, listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. Opened up today, appropriately enough, with um, Vicar and Linda from Two Wings in the late 90s and Be Careful What You Pray For, which seems kind of sort of appropriate because today is part two of the discussion that happened at the Uniting Church Forum back um, in early May down in Queenscliff. Um, We had part one last week featuring the fabulous Daniel Woodhouse, um, who travels all over the countryside. Um, Suzanne Prosser from Geelong, Tony Briffer, intersex pine advocacy pioneer, um, star lady, fabulous um, indigenous um, queer person, and Padraig Otwama, who was um, giving us first-hand information about the situation during the referendum in the Irish Republic. And yours truly, let's get back to it. Part two of... Um, the Sacred Edge Daring Festival, um, uh, Sacred Edge Festival, sorry, in Queenscliff. Um, it was pretty daring. Let's um, dive in. So advocacy is before you. The, uh, from Blues to Rainbow, which is a report you should all get online and read, it's a reporting to the health and well-being of uh, trans and gender diverse young people. One of the things that was a protective factor for trans and gender diverse young people was advocating. So trans and gender diverse young people are incredibly active in advocating for their own rights and it was a protective factor against mental health, drug and alcohol abuse, uh, mental health issues, drug and alcohol abuse, etc. So it's good for you. Advocacy <laughs> <laughs> is good for you. Thank yeah. you. We've got a public health message. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a practical thought and to put it across I'd like to just pretend to be a game show host for a second. I'd like to survey a studio audience at United Church Queensland. <laughs> How many people in the room are one or more of parents, grandparents, or great aunts, great uncles, etc.? Could, could I get an indication? Yeah, so parents, grandparents, great great aunts or great uncles to children, grandchildren, great nephews, etc. 
pretty much everyone. Could that person who is affected by this debate be your child or grandchild or great-nephew or niece or whatever? Could, could it be your neighbour or your friend's kids? So this is how you can communicate this to all the people in your circles. It could be that person who's listening to some of this debate, who's in the same room as you watching the telly or whatever when it comes on. It is that close. And, you know, I think for, for grandparents in particular, what are grandparents? I'll just keep it at that. You want to spend time with grandkids, you've got, they've got to be there. If they're not there, you can't spend time with them. So there's a thought that I'd throw in on practical tips on how to communicate this to new circles. Thank you, thank you. I, uh, there's a lot to talk about in our own community, but I'm aware that this is a global issue. And Hadrick, I'd really like to hear your insights from time in Uganda and places where um, this is uh, something we're speaking out, or in fact, just being requires enormous courage. Uh, what can we learn? What did you learn? Uh, um, so a number of years ago I did a research project which was also an intervention working with 35 Ugandan Christian clergy who had given public support to the death penalty of LGBT people. Uh, that, LGBT, well, it's probably actually just LGB, but everybody was frightened, so yeah. whatever categorization people have, that, that was entirely funded by Western Christian money and entirely led by Western, Western Christianity and Ugandan Christianity together. Um, it was uh, a, a terrible piece of legislation. And one of the things that was really helpful to recognize was that this idea of saying, well, human rights, human rights, human rights, you've got erstwhile colonizers who marched around Africa, made up borders, said, we'll call you people this and you people that, and totally changed the face of politics and civil society. Suddenly, oh, by the way, we're going to tell you what um, the human rights approach to your gender, sexuality and gender diverse population should be. So coming from a colonized country myself, and speaking, my first language is Irish, my second language is English, so speaking a language that was made illegal I, um, by the colonizing forces, I have huge sympathy for the idea of somebody going, look, if we're going to make a moral decision, it's not going to be people who came in here and screwed up our country to tell us what to do. And I think that is one of the things to recognize, that is one of the impulses that then has been, in a diabolical way, hijacked to the um, detriment of Ugandan civil society. So I was really interested in the work there to say, well, rather than talking about a human rights-based approach, because for many people in different parts of the world that is perceived to be problematized, whether that's true or not, it is perceived. How do we speak, therefore, about the moral narratives that are formative and normative in those places? What narratives do they use to say, here's who we are when we are at our best, and then to look for ways in which those moral narratives can be used to the benefit locally. So I did work in um, Jamaica and in Uganda, and then lots of work with groupings of fairly fundamentalist Christians in Britain and Ireland, trying to work within the narratives that they use to say, I think these people, and that, that kind of language is used, should be imprisoned or whatever, and because of this story, you go, well, let's talk about the story. Let's go right into it. And if you can be good at the story, you can be better at the story and find a way to stay. Your story is actually more spacious than you're allowing it to be. And it comes back to some of the points that have been made in terms of that Christianity cannot be hijacked by the most shrill voice of Christianity. Any religion cannot be hijacked by its most shrill voice. 
and that needs to be a really important thing. I was in the unlucky slash lucky position of having been employed previously by the people who led the No campaign in the Republic of Ireland, and it was helpful to be able to go to my former bosses and to say, I heard what you said about gay people before, and to say, I think you need to change your tune, um, because ultimately, the ways within which uh, marriage is spoken about, or anything of this way, I don't actually think that the public debate is about the equal rights of LGBTI people. It is a way within which people want their distaste to be legislated and made safe. And so I think having approaches like that, that A, understand the colonial history of, of particular zones, and B, understand what an, an active intervention might look like. And then C, understand the money trail, because the way, one of the ways to understand the Ugandan situation is to understand the money trail. So. So Western Christianity and its complicity in what's happening? Yeah, I don't even know if complicity is a big enough word. Okay, Absolutely. what would be a big word? Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's a, Guilt intertwined? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. At the core of what was happening in Uganda was British and American money. Huge amounts of British and American money. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I applaud your courage as well as your insight. We are very grateful to have you. Uh, yeah. One other thing to say, uh, I don't know what's, what it's going to be like in Australia, but in terms of the public debate, um, the public debate about equal marriage in the Republic of Ireland was put across like, oh, this is a newfangled young person's notion. You know, there's old people who remember the old values, um, and some of the LGBTI advocacy organisations fell for that trap. And that's pretty ageist. There's a lot of older LGBTI people who go, we've been around a long time. We have decriminalisation, shut, shut up. Yes. And so uh, there are ways within which um, the Equal Marriage Campaign really did a beautiful job picking up in, some, in terms of some of the stuff about narrative, but also saying, here is a person who's ordained. Here's a person who is in their 80s, who's looking forward to the day. There's just demonstrations of saying, this is not a newfangled notion. Um, we have always been the kind of society we are, with all of the richness of diversity, and people have been making space already for many generations, and now we're just making that a, a civilly protected right. And I think it's a really important thing to not allow the narrative to say this is a newfangled notion, to the detriment of our civil society. Padrago Twama talking about um, some of the issues that we can deal with when the marriage debate, well, cranks into a higher gear, whether it's through the parasite, sorry, plebiscite, or whether it um, is happening in Parliament at any time. Let's have some more music now. Um, well, Becky Cole always has some thoughtful um, comments to make as well. And, yep, life goes on. 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au, out of the pan with... Jumbo, you are listening to African-Australian Voice on 3CR. Bringing you all the latest in the African-Australian community. In local sport, local news, music, film and dance. African-Australian Voice, Sunday evenings, 5.30pm, 8.55am.
NPR has all kinds of music programs for you to hear. From blues to hip-hop, reggae, classical, punk, jazz, soul, indigenous, experimental, indie, metal and other music styles. Check out 3cr.org.au on the World Wide Web for more info. That's us, 3CR, 855 AM digital, uh, 3cr.org.au, on demand and um, di- and all the rest. And yes, playing all sorts of music, including pansexual rock, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or genre. Uh, I'll come back to that. Anyway, we just heard from some country music. See, we play pansexual country music of all genders and all kinds. Um, Becky Cole. Um, well, queer country music too. Life goes on. Um, it does. You can make a difference. You can keep it moving forward. We're hearing some great ideas from the, the panel down at the um, Sacred Edge Uniting Church Festival in Geelong back in early May. Let's keep hearing those ideas um, for a little bit more. I just want to the intersex context in Uganda is that if a child is born intersex, they're deemed cursed and they're basically left to die. Um, so that's yeah, that's the intersex reality in a um, place like that, in like Uganda. Um, I don't know how to respond to that. It's, it's shocking, and um, and we have a lot of work to do. And part of the work we have to do is to educate people, and we can all go from here and do some of that. I think I wanted to ask Star Lady um, something we've, we've been talking about minimising harm and minimising the pain that's going to uh, come from this public conversation we're having. But last night you talked about love and you talked about love that isn't real unless it's enacted. And we're here in a church and this church is part of a faith in which uh, we have been commanded to love our neighbour. And I would like to hear from you about what it would look like for us, people of faith and a wider community, to truly love, not tolerate, not minimise harm, to love everyone in the LGBTIQ and other community. Um, Challenge us with what that would look like. Well, maybe I have a little story. So, uh, you know, when I I came back, back from the desert and, you know, I came to... Uh, Melbourne, and recently, every single day uh, in the paper has been messages of hate against the LGBTI uh, community, and the rates that young people are actually having to seek mental health um, support because of that has gone up dramatically. And also, I can link the times where there's been, you know, a show on Current Affair, you know, where they've been doing an expose, again, in particular against transgender and gender diverse people, to then walking down the street the next day and being verbally or verbally abused or threats of physical assault. I can link that. And so it has a direct impact, a real impact upon our lives. But one day I woke up and I opened the paper and there in the paper was Belgrave. And Belgrave had been painted in rainbow flags. 
cafes was blaring the gayest, campest music. But there were show tunes. <laughs> and I woke up and I read that thing and it filled me with joy. That's love. And it's love in action. And they were there to meet the ACL and their camera, you know, roadshow of hate, and they met it with love. And love conquered in Belgrade. And so, you know, I go, is, is it love? Is, you know, we've got this place where we can come together, you know, in church, but it is about your actions. And so when we talk, we have to, we're really, we really have this faith about love and unconditional love. We have to go out into the world and enact that. And without that, we're not making our faith real.
because it's not always safe for a young person to come out to a family that has those attitudes. And um, despite the fact that oftentimes a young person, once they've decided to come out, they just do it anyway. <laughs> um, and you, they come back the week later and they tell you, like, oh, I thought we talked about not doing that. But um, <laughs> So we, it's, it's, it's very practical things, like um, safety plans. If you're, gonna, if you're going to come out tonight, and if it's someone that you, you know, you can come to my place. Do you want to write a letter to your folks and then just leave it on the bench and go somewhere else so that you don't have to see your parents' first reaction? Because that can be hard, can't it? <laughs> um, so that, that sort of sort of safety plan stuff, like don't do it while you're driving the car. Don't do it <laughs> at your know, 70th birthday. <laughs> don't do it on what? On a cake. On a cake. Don't oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's about just being safe, but I think the idea of inviting in, so who do you want to bring into your to your life is a really interesting way of kind of, and you can actually kind of map it on a on a sheet of paper with them, who are some safe people that you can go to. I don't think anyone else have any other tips. That's very helpful. Thank you. Does that, yeah, you guys want me to have a conversation. Oh, and also GASP. Just look us up on the internet, GASP Geelong. We, we um, will provide support for young people, their families. Let's have a little pause there with some more music. Um, let's, uh, well, I think we, dare I say, we're coming up with some great practical ideas on supporting young people at any time, but including during um, debates that are sometimes not as inclusive and respectful as they could be in terms of um, process. So, um, yeah, we'll come back and try some more after we hear from the Dingoes and uh, Karen Tolhurst song. Um, try anyway. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally, covering pansexual issues and knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. We just heard from the Dingoes from their double live album, Live at Last, in 2011, after they... Um, returned after such a long absence and did tracks um, a couple of years before, and that was one of the tracks that was on tracks. Um, making tracks makes sense. Logic, um, one of these novel concepts nowadays, isn't it? Anyway, um, the Dingoes, one of Australia's great rock bands, and um, the um, band members, Broadsmith, Karen Tolhurst, Chris Stockley, and John Barr, um, with um, Ashley Davies on drums for this one, Chris Copping and occasion on the album, helped out by Kevin Bennett and, of course, on many of the Dingoes and Broderick Smith tracks, one of the great Australian um, keyboardists of our time, um, Mick the Reverend O'Connor, often played organ. Organ gets played in church. That was a blatant segue, people of all genders. Let's get back to the discussion that happened at the Uniting Church Queenscliff in early May 2016 and have a listen to more of the Q&A part of the session that we're now in, some good questions and practical ideas um, from the fab people who live up to their name in the Uniting Church. Uh, there's a seminary in New York City that uh, the organisation that I run does some work with, and that seminary got the money to make an app for young people who were coming out that had advice, it had geotagging for support agencies for people who weren't able to go, it had narratives, it had kind of YouTube videos in it about people saying stuff, and it said for it had a few bits to say, oh this didn't go so well. And this is where it ways within which folks with skills and also folks with uh, in terms of um, uh, 
the technical skills to put that together as well then as the fundraising skills to make sure that that gets put together and gets launched throughout um, civic society, youth, youth group supports, etc. And that kind of rollout can be really helpful because it demonstrates the truth to say safety is the first word. And it's a terrible thing that we are having to talk about the strategies for safety, but that is entirely true. Uh, I can't remember, I'll send it through. It was at the Auburn Seminary in New York City. It's a very good, it's a specifically an American app, so sure. I don't even know that you can download it outside of the United States, but it was a really helpful um, tool. We'll get on to one in Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, my Just a, a quick point, I mean, I know that we talked about this in the session yesterday. Um, if I'm thinking about LGBTI people around the country who I've had a couple with, um, what they'll say is that um, the difference between them thriving and surviving is having five supporting people in their life and that being some kind of protective factor, it doesn't mean that everything's solved. Um, and thinking about who you're inviting in. So if family is not necessarily feeling like a safe first step, there are other people you, you might want to build up in your support networks like GASP and other things or who are the other people rather than thinking that it has to be all at once that kind of coming out moment, how can you build up that magic five in your life and they might be able to um, help you on that journey to having conversations with your family of origin um, and that may or may not mean that they're part of your eventual family whatever that might be. So. Um, I, had, I had a question. I've got the microphone. Um, <laughs> I, I was really intrigued earlier, Suzanne was talking about the kind of work that LGBTI people do in and on themselves uh, as part of their own journey. And I'm wondering, as people who are all on a spiritual journey, what is it that we can learn? What do we need to hear so that we can be more spiritually whole that we're missing out on because we're not listening and learning enough from our LGBTI brothers and sisters. I'll give Speak it to us, help us to grow spiritually, Sally. I'll give it a shot. Preach it, sister. <laughs> Sorry? Preach it, sister. <laughs> uh, the rabbis is here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the answer to that, I'm, I'm, always, I'm indebted to a, a, a wonderful um, gay guy, who, a Christian gay guy who spent years in the Pentecostal church battling with his sexuality, Anthony Van Brown, and the title of his book, A Life of Unlearning. And so we, you know, we assume so many things in society about gender, about sexual orientation, about so much stuff. For us, I think, just to be alive and be ourselves, we have to question those assumptions. So I've had to keep questioning and questioning and unlearning and unlearning. I'm still unlearning. If you come out, at, as I did, at 29, and you've got 29 years of stuff that didn't work for you, I'm still burrowing back, and I'm still burrowing back to early issues of um, emotional abandonment by family, which I've only just been dealing with in the last few months. But on the other hand, difficult as, as it is at the time to deal with, come out the other end and it's like, whoa. So I think GLBTI people both in, but in the GLBTI-ish stuff itself and generally um, can offer a lot to um, widening and broadening further just in terms of being closer to one's soul and being authentic. That would be my take. Do other people have contributions on that? Um, uh, one of the things I think of, if I think about Anthony Ben Brown, he, he's, um, he uh, talks about the difference between someone who's from a religious background and or usually evangelical or um, fundamentalist or, um, background 
and um, the rest of us who might um, not be from a faith background. And he says, it's one thing to come out and deal with the consequences. That's big enough. We hear about those. Um, we heard about some of that today. But he said, when you come from something like an evangelical background, you've got that and eternal consequences. It's like, here it is, and it's for all eternity, and it's, you know... Um, and he says, try wearing that on your shoulders, you know? Like, 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 what would that be like? But what I will say is the one thing that I've learned is that I've had the... the, the and I know it kind of sounds cliche, but I've had the unique privilege of looking into the eyes of tens of thousands of health professionals and educators tens of thousands of young people, LGBTI and not, LGBTI people of all ages from all parts, every nook and cranny of the country. And to be able to look into their eyes and look at, and, and talk to them about their journey, how they've overcome the challenges in their life, the impact of things like homophobia and transphobia on them, whether or not they're LGBTI or their allies or not, um, um, the things that you can learn by sitting with your fellow human being and it makes me wonder about all of the missed opportunities to hear those stories and to hear about their journeys and what we can learn from how they've overcome those challenges is just incredible and I, I end my interviews with people by saying um, um, you know what are your hopes for the future but also what advice would you give to people what's the secret what would you tell you know other people in your in your similar situation and Invariably, people say the same thing, and they go, I would just say to people, be yourself. Be yourself. And everyone said that, and I thought, in theory, that makes complete and utter sense. That people go, I've been battling my whole life to actually be myself. However, in practice, does anyone have an answer? Because I don't. How you actually encourage someone. So how we can help one another and to hear our stories and to encourage people to be our full, authentic selves um, if you have clues on how to do that, please see me after this, because <laughs> I'd love to share that around. Thank you. That's great. Um, I'm wondering if uh, you, you all struck me as great preachers. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you're looking for a change of vocation, but I think you could do it. They look terrified, don't they? <laughs> Ha! I'm going to leave you in suspenders or suspense. Um, depends if you're watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Anyway, uh, let's have another track, um, this time from Goanna. And, well, um, you've sometimes got to do it in the LGBTI plus communities. Stand your ground. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally. Great Voices number 17 is the latest two-CD set from Great Voices on 3CR. It's a unique collection of rare opera and song featuring current singers like Kaufman and Kalea and the best singers of the 20th century. Colour, Sutherland, Olivero, Schwarzkopf, Ghetto, Corelli, Pavarotti, Carreras and dozens more. Some less famous and some unknown. At $35 posted, $30 at 3CR, 
this two CD set number 17 will delight you with two and a half hours of glorious pleasure. Our previous issues are now only $10 each. Proceeds to 3CR. Ring now on 94198377 or go to 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. or donate online at 3cr.org.au and we'll be at your side forevermore. Absolutely, get funky and listen to 3CR and support us by subscribing if you can. Um, prior to the messages, heard from Goanna from the Spirit of Place album. That's the... Um, 2003 20th anniversary CD edition, which has seven extra tracks, um, um, some ones that weren't on the original album, um, live editions of Solid Rock, and also the fabulous Let the Franklin Flow. Um, So, yep, well worth a purchase if you can get it from your music store, um, preferably in the physical sense. Let's wrap up um, and finish the conversation that was held in early May at Queenscliff Uniting Church as part of the Sacred Edge Festival and um, wrap it up with, uh, we just got to the words of wisdom. I won't keep you in suspense any longer. Let's hear them. Talking about Belgrave, the word that came to my mind was outrageous. Like, and let's not be too serious about all this. Like, let's get outrageous and um, happy about being advocates and being allies. Like, this doesn't have to be totally serious all the time and we're talking about marriage equality, we're talking about equality and like do outrageous things just and see what happens and then start the conversation and have some fun and um, you know I think also to remember that about the strength and resilience of of all of us as a community and, and, and the strength and resilience that comes through advocacy so that we can, there's a lot of power in, in, in um, this positive um, language, um, uh, this is fear and uh, it's quaking in the chest 
and then uh, courage starts there but goes into the fist with S for strength. And so courage always begins with a bit of fear. So embrace the fear and tell a fantastic story because therefore courage will be part of that. We could all do that together now. Diversity is good. Um, the power of stories is, is, is just so important because people need to understand what it is. And uh, just come to people in, in, in your shoes and understand those stories, uh, whether it's you know, parents, the fa other family members, or the individual. And, and it, through my experience, and people, people are great once they understand what it would be like to, to walk in your shoes. Thank you. Good words. Uh, should we go on? Yeah, um, um, I've said for many years, I, I know that we talked before about the truth will set us free and I've always said um, our shared stories will set us free um, and I'm a big, big believer in that storytelling stuff and the, the, the thought on um, um, the relationship with uh, fear and bravery is that I think it was Stephen Fry who said, um, you know, I'm just as shit scared as everybody else but me being brave is actually me being shit-scared and still putting one foot in front of the other and actually doing something about it. And I, I've felt that so many times in my life. So um, thank you to him for that thought. Good talk. Yeah, preachers, hey, maybe progressive Jewish synagogue in the Uniting Church could talk merger. Let's do lunch. But, um, <laughs> so many possibilities. <laughs> Look, Daniel, gosh, Daniel, Daniel and I were having lunch together yesterday. Lunch, hey. But uh, we were talking about how we've known each other at least 15 years. We just, we must have been telepathising because I was just sitting listening to her and going, what am I going to say here? And I just thought, um, three years ago, I met a wonderful woman, Lynette McDonald. Um, I was at a inclusiveness, social inclusion, strengths-based course called um, Opening Doors in the inner eastern suburbs of Melbourne. I was a bit nervous on the first day and at lunchtime, Lynn comes up and goes, I'm the mum of a trans woman. And the bottom line is we now run a support group for parents and families of trans people. And Lynn is my hashtag adopted mum. But Lynn introduced me to the saying by, and I'm never sure of the pronunciation of the family name here, Maggie Kuhn, K-U-H-N, um, Khan. Um, and Maggie's saying, which Daniel just sort of said in a way, speak even if your voice trembles. I love that saying, you don't have to, we, you don't have to be the preachers like us who may have been doing it for a while. Be honest, be authentic, I mean, and also, yeah, I agree with, don't take it too seriously. I, I say that I have this wonderful rose quartz crystal around my neck, which, you know, calms my feminine energy. And then I have this tag, which is from the rock of WWE fame, it says, I bring it. <laughs> so have fun, I agree. Speak even if your voice trembles. People will know, even if you're not ultra polished, it's coming from here, and that's what matters. Thank you. Um, um, I'd just like to finish off by uh, thanking you all for, you know, for healing and that's something that's really important by because it takes all of us coming together <coughs> to uh, change our society and change it, uh, change some of the values of our society of being inclusive and to values of love. So thank you. Thank you. Um, as much as I represent this thing called the church or Christianity as an ordained minister, 
I want to really heart, offer a heartfelt apology for the damage that has been done to the LGBTI community and to individuals over the years. Uh, we are going to work hard to tell a better story um, and I feel inspired by each of you about that. So thank you for sharing yourselves with us today. Uh, we're all going to go fight this and fight alongside you um, and we trust that uh, one day we'll be getting together to talk about uh, a bunch of fun new things about how to make our world a better place together. Would you thank this panel? deliberately left that um, last bit of applause in just so you could share it. It was an amazing moment, one of the highlights of my personal and professional years thus far. Um, there are people out there supporting the GLBTI community. It has been a tough year. Um, there are lots of people out there. They're perhaps not as loud as some others but um, who are not supporting, but they're there. Please, LGBTI community, we have lots of support. Hang in, hang in there. Better get out of here, make way for freedom of species and take it out today with a little bit of Garth Brooks and we shall be free. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch ya next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.